Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, CRM. Oh, you know what that is, Customer Relationship Management. Where have you been? Anyway, has your company's CRM evolved to keep up with today's digitally empowered, brand-owning, brand-controlling customers? Or, here's the big or, are you still stuck in the good old, we have a call center, we're doing great mode? Well, if you answered to the latter, wake up and listen up. Your audience is seizing their own power. How often? Moment by moment, second by second. How? By their always ready smartphones, their 4G network, social networking. And you know what this means? They are defying your best attempts to manage their brand relationships if you're still using same old, same old traditional CRM tools. I have a great panel of experts who are going to help bring you and your company's relationship building efforts up to date. Let me tell you about them. The experts speak first on the panel. We will welcome Brent Leary, CRM Essentials. I'll bring him on in just a minute. But Brent sent me this quote, food for thought. When it comes to building lasting relationships with customers living in the millisecond economy, I don't even know what that is. Brent will tell us in a few minutes. He says, speed thrills and the lack of speed kills. Well, that's kind of a twist on an old driving hazard message, so we'll talk to Brent in a minute. Joining us today, a newcomer to the radio show, Susan Etlinger from the Altimeter Group. And she says, quoting Peter Drucker, The greatest danger in times of turbulence isn't the turbulence, it's to act with yesterday's logic. That's exactly what we're talking about. And those of you who don't remember Peter Drucker, he was a famous management consultant and self-described social ecologist, 1901 to 2005, left us too soon. Rounding out the panel is our good friend, Jamie Anderson from SAP, who's been on the show before. He's calling all the way from Australia. We'll find out what that's all about in a minute. And he says, and I quote, My philosophy, born from eight years spent in the recording industry, is, quote, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate. And, of course, that's a quote from the late great actor George Burns, who successfully lived to the age of 100, if I recollect. So join us for the next hour for Engaging Your Customer. New recipe for a long and happy marriage. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are live. It's Wednesday, September 11, 2013. This is show number 102 in our live weekly series presented by SAP. Now, let me tell you about my panelists. Brent Leary is a CRM industry analyst, advisor, author, speaker, award-winning blogger. Brent, that business card must be huge. He is the co-founder and partner of CRM Essentials, LLC, an Atlanta-based CRM advisory firm covering tools and strategies for improving business relationships. He counts among his many clients Microsoft, IBM, Oracle, Intuit, SAP, and other major tech companies. Brent hosts Technology for Business Sake Radio in Atlanta on News Talk 1160 AM Radio. Brent Leary, welcome back to Game Changers Radio. How are you today? It's always good to be back with you, Bonnie. Feeling great. Wonderful. And are you calling from Atlanta? Is that true? I am actually in Atlanta right now and glad to okay. be Okay. <laughs> How's the weather? Uh, it is perfect. I call this uh, fall football weather in Atlanta. It's not too hot. The humidity is not too bad. 
and I'm looking out the window sunny. So can't complain about any of that. Good. Glad to have the Atlanta weather report. Thank you, Brent. We'll be hearing from you in just a minute. I love to get weather reports. We're going to get a good one in a couple seconds. Susan Etlinger is an industry analyst at the Altimeter Group. She works with global companies to develop social data and intelligence strategies that support their business objectives. Susan is a frequent speaker on social media and analytics, and she's been extensively quoted in Fast Company, the BBC, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, another stellar resume. You can find her blog, Thought Experiments at SusanEtlinger.com. Susan, welcome to SAP Game Changers Radio. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from incredibly foggy San Francisco. My goodness, you know, you sound so great, Susan. I, I keep looking around to see if you're here in the room with me. I'm on Long Island, New York, and I'm glad you have the fog because we've got a beautiful sunny day here, and we need it for everything going on in the 9-11 Memorial downtown in New York today. So that's my, my one mention of the solemnity of this date. But thank you so much for joining us, Susan. We're delighted to have you on the show and hope you'll become a frequent guest. So welcome. And Jamie Anderson, in his bio, he says it. Jamie Anderson is no stranger to SAP Game Changers Radio. Jamie, no guest has ever put us in their bio. We are thrilled. And he's not a stranger to coffee either, for that matter. Jamie says he needs coffee every day in his new role as, drum roll please, da-da-da-da-da, Global Vice President of Product Marketing for SAP's LOB Line of Business Customer Solutions. Jamie is a CRM veteran with over 15 years of experience in the customer-facing solution space, client and vendor side. He has worked with many brands in defining and implementing engaging customer experiences, which is why you're here. Welcome, Jamie. Why are you in Australia today? Uh, g'day there, Bonnie. I've just been here a short time, and I'm trying to do the accent probably badly, but I did say good day. <laughs> um, I'm actually speaking at a, I'm speaking at the CMOC, um, basically the um, Chief Marketing Officer Council. So I'm kind of doing a tour with them of Southeast Asia. I've done Malaysia, Sydney today or yesterday, and uh, I'm off to Melbourne later today when the sun comes up. So, uh, You're a traveling so really man. Good, good fun. So, Jamie, what time of day or night is it in Australia right now, and what's the weather? We have to know. Right. It's um, eight minutes past one in the morning, and uh, I cannot see the weather because it's pitch black outside, <laughs> but, but it's nice okay. and dry. We'll forgive you. Well, we're only going to keep you on the line for another 55 minutes or so, so we still won't see the weather. We had a guest call in last week to our show. We did not know he was on vacation in Hawaii. He never told us, but he accepted the invitation. It was Benjamin Wesson from SAP, and it was 4.30 in the morning Hawaii time, and we did get a weather report. So thank you, Jamie, our traveling man. And again, congratulations on your new role at SAP. Very exciting. So you all know what's happening now. I'm going to go back and read your opening quotes, and let's find out what you really, really meant. So we're going to kick this off with Brent Leary from CRM Essentials. Brent said, when it comes to building lasting relationships with customers living in the millisecond economy in capital, so it must be real, speed thrills and lack of speed kills. Talk to me, Brent. What is this all about? What is the millisecond economy and what kind of speed are we talking about? Well, I actually heard that term at a conference uh, that Adobe did on their digital summit and it just resonated with me as they basically said what I think we all kind of know is that, uh, you know, people just don't have a lot of time, and they don't have a lot of attention because there's so much coming at them, and they have so many things they're trying to do. 
So if you're trying to uh, really connect with them, you, you really only have a short amount of time to do it. And then not just connect with them, but connect over and over and over enough to the point where you actually do have some kind of a relationship. And then, of course, when you're talking about business, you want that business to then transfer over into a, you know, a customer relationship. So you only really have a fraction of a second to connect long enough to get their attention, long enough to turn that attention into a relationship. And so that's why this whole idea of every millisecond counts. Uh, we have to figure out a way to translate our actions and activities into great customer experiences or at least experiences with people that hopefully will turn into a customer relationship. So that's what the whole millisecond economy thing is about. And I think we all are kind of familiar. We like things fast, and technology Mm -hmm. is making it more and more for us to want things faster and faster. So it's not fast enough to get uh, you click a, a button to download a video, and it doesn't start within five seconds. We wanted to start immediately, and there's been studies that show that if you go to click a button to watch a video and it doesn't start and within five seconds, 25% of the people are cutting out. And if it's 10 seconds, half the people are cutting out. So that's just you know a pretty good example of how people's expectations for things to happen and happen quickly are growing, and if we don't, <laughs> if we don't meet those expectations, we don't have a chance to build a relationship. So that's what that really is all about. Thank you, Brent. A couple things come to mind, but I do want to get to Susan and Jamie in the segment. But my my thoughts here are that we talked. I talked in my opening about if you're in good old call center only mode and you put somebody on a press one for English, press two for customer service. If you're on a Mac or a PC, press three, four, or five, or press zero for an operator. Oh, everybody is on. All of our agents are busy. You have X. Expended, exceeded the five second, the ten second. You are in big, you know what, deep blank, blank, blank. And that's part of the problem. We'll be talking about that much more during the show. Thank you, Brent. Susan, you quote Peter Drucker, a, a great thought leader. You say the greatest danger in times of turbulence isn't the turbulence, it's to act with yesterday's logic. So Susan, could you say that the turbulence is what Brent describes as today's millisecond economy where all bets are off with customer relationship building? Talk to me. Yeah, I think that's a huge piece of it. I think that this, certainly the speed of interaction is a, is a huge, huge piece. I think the other thing, though, that's sort of the fundamental reason I chose that quote is that the digital and social world have created this incredible power shift um, between customers and communities and the brands that they interact with. And, you know, that's all well and good, and we've been hearing about that for the last few years with social media. But what's fundamentally changed now, especially with the speed of data and, you know, customer sort of millisecond attention spans, is that the, the way that organizations are structured doesn't really serve the way that customers move in the world, both, um, you know, in real life and also in the digital world. And so when you think about the fundamental organizational structure, the way that we market to customers in a marketing department and we serve customers in a customer support function and we develop ideas in some other department, the data does not flow between those departments in a meaningful way. And so as a result, what ends up happening is that the the customers are being served in this sort of siloed way 
and it's frustrating for them. So when you, when you think about marketing, it doesn't include customer service, but service is where the customer is most invested in its relationship with the brand. I mean, they've now spent their money. They're literally most invested. And marketing is sort of off, you know, in a separate area now, and now it's all about support. How do you get those interactions back so that there's a closed loop so that people are actually organized from the customer's point of view? So the yesterday's logic quote is really about saying, you know, we can't use this sort of siloed approach, this sort of department-based, you know, mm-hmm. fiefdom, Game of Thrones approach to serving customers when customers are these fluid entities that are constantly in a process of making decisions, living with our products, using our products, breaking our products, and, you know, hearing from and sharing with their friends. So that's kind of, you know, where all of that came from. Thank you, Susan. We're just about at break. Jamie, I'm going to save your quote for when we come back. But, Susan, one comment from me. When you talk about silos, I'm thinking of the a really horrible, horrific experience. And, and I'll say that, horrible experience. When you call up and an automated customer service line says to you, please enter your phone number, the one that's associated with your account. And you do it. And then eventually a live person comes on the line and they say, please give me your phone number so I can look up your records. And I'm saying under my breath, you got to be kidding me. I yeah, already I, did it. I already typed it into the keypad, and now you don't know who I am. You're disconnected. That seems so basic, Susan. The disconnect, it's almost insulting to the customer. You agree? I do agree. And, you know, sometimes it's for security reasons. It's to make sure that, you know, the person is who they say they are. But sometimes it's just simply because those systems aren't connected. And, you know, and then, of I course, they have it. no idea you were in the store the day before. So it's a really interesting conundrum for businesses. It is a conundrum. And you know what? The conundrum is, what am I going to do with Jamie Anderson? Jamie, I'm saving your quote about, I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate for the opening of the next segment. So don't even think about going away. We're going to take our first break. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio Live on Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, your host and moderator. Thrilled to be here with none other than Brent Leary, CRM Essentials, Susan Etlinger from Altimeter Group, Jamie Anderson from SAP. When we come back, we'll ask my guests what they're drinking today. And then we'll start off with Jamie's quote, and then the roundtable begins. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.com. D.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, je pense donc je suis. We're back. It's SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. Our topic today, engaging your customer. New recipe for a long, happy marriage. Isn't that what we all want in life? I'm Bonnie D. Graham talking today with Brent Leary, CRM Essentials. Susan Etlinger, Altimeter Group, and Jamie Anderson from SAP. Uh, we're ready for our What's in Your Cup today, so let's start with Brent Leary. What are you drinking today, Brent, down there in Atlanta? So uh, if you remember, I'm not a big coffee drinker, or mm-hmm. I'm actually not a coffee drinker at all. So <laughs> I made a, a run this morning to the local Dunkin' Donuts, uh, and they have these things called the Strawberry Lemonade Colada. Ooh. Oh man, that's good. I, I I can I actually bypass my uh, cherry coke to go for a strawberry lemonade colada today. And you know how much I love cherry coke, so you I know, know. <laughs> I must really like these things. They taste so good on a on a morning. It's great. I want one. I'm going to head over after the show. I got to wait, of course, on the air. Thank you, Brent. Susan, Altimeter Group. What are you drinking today, my dear? You know, straight ahead, I'm drinking just coffee and water, and it's just it's my favorite thing. Well, well, we we got to go deeper than that. What kind of coffee we want to know? Well, I'm going to have to give you a brand then. We love brands. Uh, Tell us. I, Tell know, us. I'm, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with my Nespresso machine because I'm I in my family I'm the only coffee drinker. So it is my little machine, and it's my moment of zen. I've, I get like three. I give myself three to five minutes in the morning before all you know what breaks loose and look out the window, drink my coffee kind of try to keep my mind free. It's it's about as close as I can ever get to meditation. <laughs> I think you're the first guest who ever equaled, uh, and I know Margot Heiligman is listening. I think she's a big Nespresso, Nespresso fan. She's one of our SAP regular tweeters on the show. She loves her Nespresso machine as well, but I've never heard anybody say Zen and meditation. It's beautiful, Susan. It's <laughs> wonderful. And I love, we're talking about speed today, and you said the three to five minutes before something breaks loose. That's what we're talking about is the world is moving fast. We want it now. We expect Expect it now. We're supposed to be ready for it now. So great story. Thank you, Susan. And let's turn to Jamie Anderson all the way over there, somewhere in the middle of the night in Australia. Jamie, what are you drinking or what were you recently drinking? Um, well, <laughs> yes, there's coffee involved, okay, but it's kind of got a little <laughs> splash of uh, something Irish in it because um, I think that helps kind of settle me down for the evening. Uh, that's all I'll say. I'm not speaking. I'm not talking any brands. It's, it's morning over there. Okay, well, that sounds very colorful. We appreciate that. I expected as much. And uh, you know what? Let me read a couple of tweets here. We're sa- Margo is saying she has no time for real coffee today, so it's Trader Joe's two-ounce freebie. That will have to do. I wonder what's in that freebie, Margo. You're welcome to tell us. And Malcolm Kimberlin said he just kicked it up a notch with Phil's Coffee, Jacob's, Jacob's Wunderbar. I don't have a clue what that is. And for me, they don't let me have caffeine on show days, so Bonnie is just drinking. 
drinking water through a straw so you don't hear her slurping on the radio. How about that? So you know what? We have some unfinished business here. Jamie Anderson, we didn't get to your explanation of your very interesting quote before we finished the first segment. So let's turn to you. You say, my philosophy born from eight years in the recording industry, I'm sure that's another show in itself, is I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate. And I looked it up and George Burns, a late, wonderful actor and comedian, said that. So, Jamie, what about the recording industry and what does that have to do with our show topic today? Well, it's, it's kind of it's a little off the wall, Bonnie, as you would expect, you know, from myself. Um, you know, I, I spent a long time doing something I loved. And when I stopped loving it, I kind of got out, right? And I kind of feel that way about, about business in general. I really actually think that um, if you're not enjoying something, right? And I see, I see lots of people working for lots of companies who very, very clearly hate their job. And particularly in the kind of service sector and the airline sector and all these places. Now, this gets back to, we're, ha- we're having a conversation about technology. I don't mm-hmm. think that we can lose focus or lose sight of the fact that customer relationship management is the culture of a company is every bit as important as the underlying technology. And if the culture's not right, and if people are unhappy in the front line of your business, then the customer experience is massively impacted several times more than, you know, failures of technology. It's people, it's process, it's technology. It's all these things working in perfect harmony. So kind of that was what was what was behind it um, when I thought about that. Thank you, Jamie. Great. Very, very good to know. Now, I want to start the roundtable off. I think we're already knee-deep in our roundtable. But Brent Leary sent me a bunch of statistics before the show, so I'd like to kick this off officially by reading one of the stats Brent sent, and then let's have everybody comment. Uh, Brent said, the benefit of tying social customer service, that's really what we're talking about, to the overall customer experience strategy, and that's really why we're presenting this to our, our business listeners here on the Business Channel today. From the upcoming fourth edition of the Social Customer Engagement Index, here's the stat. 96% of all companies who are very satisfied with their company's efforts to integrate social into customer service and very satisfied with the impact it's had on goals and objectives said those initiatives were integrated into the company's overall social strategy to improve the customer experience versus just a mere 55% of the general survey population. Can you unravel those numbers for us, Brent, and take us a little deeper, please? Yeah, and I think it, it actually ties back to what Jamie said about uh, the organizational strategy and culture has to be correct in order to get the most benefit uh, from using these kind of tools and services and whatever technology you buy. So we're in the midst of uh, pushing out the fourth annual Social Customer Engagement Index uh, report that's been done with the folks over at Social Media Today. And so one of the things that we've been focusing on over the course of the four years is just how are companies integrating um, social tools and strategies into their uh, the way they service their customers. Uh, One thing that we wanted to take a, a, a kind of a bigger picture look at is are they tying those uh, social service efforts, are those efforts a part of the overall organizational strategy around engaging the customer? And so, like you said, 96% of those who have said that they're really satisfied with the way their company is, is doing this and are, and are seeing very good impact from their activities, they're saying that, yes, we are tying our social service strategy 
into the bigger customer experience and organizational strategy around that uh, versus the folks that are really just not having that tie together. And that's pretty significant because those folks also said that they were they are able to basically answer interactions that are coming over social channels a lot quicker and, and handle resolutions a lot faster than companies who haven't made that kind of tie together. So it does seem like it's not just a departmental issue, it's an overall organizational strategy, and if those strategies are interlocked and integrated, you, sh- you have a pretty good chance of seeing much more success than if you're still kind of treating social, even if it's social service, uh, as like off to itself, not as well connected to the overall. Thank you, Brent. I want to read one more point, and then I want to bring Susan in because she has another talking point very similar. You say that 51% of those satisfied, very satisfied companies say their company responds to questions raised on a social channel, social network, social media, in less than one hour. Now, we were talking about millisecond generation. I don't know if I'd be thrilled to wait an hour for a response, but let me move to Susan because you said today at least 13 departments in enterprise class organizations are using social media. That's a lot of departments, Susan. This goes far beyond marketing. It touches HR. It touches legal. It touches risk and compliance. It touches field sales. You say social media and therefore social data is now business critical. So what do you think about that very satisfied comment or the finding Brent made, Susan, in terms of an hour to respond? Shouldn't somebody be there ready to push that button and respond? Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, what do you think? Well, you know, I think it depends on the situation. So, for example, you know, in some cases, if you're if you're uh, if you have an urgent uh, critical situation, you're, for example, trying to get into a bank account or you've got a fraud issue, which clearly you're not going to be addressing via social. But if you have something mm-hmm. that requires some, some kind of quick response, then yes. And I think, you know, at the same time, it isn't the same thing as you know, ninety percent of of calls are answered within sixty seconds because people aren't, I hope, sitting in front of their uh, computers pressing refresh, you know, three times a second to see if somebody's answered them. So I think, uh, you know, one thing I found in the research for one of my previous reports was that, you know, Best Buy was actually doing a lot of work to try to understand what the customer expectation was. And they found it was really different from platform to platform. So on Facebook and Twitter, there's a reasonable expectation that if you say, you know, at United Airlines or at, you know, SAP, that you're Mm -hmm. speaking directly to the company. Um, Whereas there are some where you might be saying, well, I love or I hate United airlines or I love or I hate SAP, um, and it's not necessarily clear that you're interacting directly with them. And so, you know, that's the first piece. And then the second piece is is to try to understand, you know, the difference between that and what happens in a community, because in a community, um, the idea is that people will solve each other's problems and that the company really has a, a, as a, a responsibility not to step in too soon because you don't want to be over-controlling the conversation, in which case your ecosystem starts to mistrust you. So I do think that um, that it, it's differentiated based on the kind of interaction it is. But the essential point that, um, that Brett made, I completely agree with and saw very similar kind of responses in some of my research where we looked at the revenue impact of social media and actually found that companies that try to calculate the revenue impact found the greatest value of doing that was actually an additional customer insight, and that was 84% of respondents. 
Very interesting. Very interesting. Jamie Anderson, I want to bring you in in the two minutes we have left in this segment. Always last but not least, my dear, you say customers are in control, power to the people. But I want to go back to the issue of the word management in CRM, customer relationship management. And by the way, to my three panelists, Brent, Susan, and Jamie, when we get to the crystal ball segment at the end of the show for the predictions, I'm going to ask you if we're even going to be calling it CRM in five years. So put on your thinking caps for that. But Jamie, power to the people. They are not managed by anyone or any system. The customer, the prospect, people out there manage the relationships they want to have with their favorite brands and service through apps. They grant real estate to those apps on their touch-sensitive devices. They are connected all the time. So talk to me, Jamie. What about what we've been saying in terms of response rates and customers, uh, companies integrating social with marketing and all their departments? Who's winning this battle? Are the people taking power? Can the companies even have a hope of being in that? That relationship box where they have something to say. Tell me, Jamie. Um, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't think it's a battle so much. I mean, I think um, I think obviously, you know, the shift that I've seen is definitely that customers are much more in control, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, everything you said there, Bonnie, was was absolutely spot on. I think the thing is, it's about actually as a business. And we spoke about this tonight at the CMO Council. It's actually a business, as a business understanding that maybe your role has changed. You cannot, you know, purport to control and manage customer relationships. What you can do is you can orchestrate customer experiences by having all these pieces connected, as Susan spoke about, you know, as Brent touched on, by connecting these kind of disparate channels into a much more holistic experience and an experience that differs by what those unique channels offer in terms of interaction with the customer. I think the job is more now in the market we're in about orchestrating those conversations and actually driving these to the customer outcome, understanding what the customer's trying to achieve. And that's the big shift we're going to see in technology. That's what's going to change the market fundamentally. Thank you, Jamie. And you know what? You've successfully taken me up to my halfway break. We have 30 minutes left on the show. We're talking to Brent Leary, Susan Etlinger, and Jamie Anderson today. Our topic is Engaging Your Customer, New Recipe for a Long Happy Marriage. As Jamie says, a consistent approach to customer engagement is key. We'll start our next segment of the roundtable with that interesting thought. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You don't even think of touching that you know that app that mouse that dial brad take us out everybody needs a 57 second break go from the boardroom to you voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision making in real time no matter where they are sap and sybase and sap company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to sap SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are. We're back at Coffee Break with Game Changers, as the good man said. And we're talking with Brent Leary from CRM Essentials, Susan Etlinger from Altimeter Group, and Jamie Anderson, all the way in Australia, a traveling man with a new title from SAP. Our topic is Engaging Your Customer, New Recipe for a Long, Happy Marriage. Jamie Anderson, I'm going to ask you to explain yourself. I've got a great talking point here from you. You say a consistent approach to customer engagement is key. Jamie, the big conundrum, I think so. Susan or somebody used that word earlier. The conundrum is how can you be consistent with so much going on with social and integrating it into business and your systems and your processes, training your people, getting rid of the silos. Consistent approach sounds like a huge goal to me. Talk to me, Jamie Anderson. Well, you know, it is a huge goal because the landscape's become a lot more complex. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the tools and the technology, as I said, that. You know, I'm seeing customers do it in pockets today to do some really kind of cool things with the technology that's available. Um, I mean, I put this down to the fact that, you know, we we consistently in, in the kind of tech world talk about channels, right? We, we describe what we do, whether it's social media, you know, whether it's um, contact centers, whether it's the Internet. We, we describe all these things as channels. And the kind of lesson, you know, that, that I've learned is that, you know, Customers themselves, consumers don't see channels. I mean, my kids don't view these interactions they have with their favourite brands as, oh, you know, I just spoke with, uh, you know, I just spoke with Nike on Facebook, or you know, I just tweeted, you know, I, I had an interaction with Nike on the Twitter channel. It's consistent, you know, and when they move from device to device, it's one holistic experience. Now, the technology, as I said, exists to, you know, to pinpoint the customer context. The big data, you know, scenario as well is there where you can actually elicit some really key information either about a market but also down to the level of the customer. And I think that's fundamentally changing. And and also, I think it's uh, it's setting up setting up the landscape nicely to actually look at this omni-channel thing. And uh, we've had so much fragmentation of channels over the years that, um, you know... I, it's pretty exciting, actually, to be in CRM and in seeing all these things come together. Good. Glad to know. And I, I want to read another quote from some of the research sent to me by Brent Leary before the show uh, on what we're talking about. Brent says, according to a 2011 study by TOA Technologies, 70% of respondents, get this, would recommend a company, now we're talking about customers, would recommend a company solely based on its ability to keep service appointments on time. You know, when the repair guy for the fridge shows up on time or your mechanic takes your car on time, if a service technician is 15 minutes late, that that figure of satisfaction drops by 43% in today's world. Wait, W-A-I-T, count them, kids, is definitely a four-letter word. So how does this all fit in with what I call this huge challenge in orchestrating the social and the departments and the processes and training your people and being being millisecond ready? Brent Leary, what do you think? Well, that just really underscores the whole that whole concept of we really like speed. We like things to happen quickly. 
and companies that are not able to operate in that kind of environment are going to find themselves at a, a at a very distinct disadvantage because you have these you know the, the the bigger traditional companies and it does take time to change the culture like Jamie said but you you got to change the culture before you see real results but you have these smaller companies that are being created and I and I typically say that they uh, create these customer centric business models that have that they know they have to be very responsive and very quick with those responses and very repetitive with the way that they're able to do things because that consistency thing is just as, as important, as Susan pointed out. But companies, they have to figure out a way to operate in that environment if they're going to be successful and stay connected with customers as they evolve. And it's not just over time. They're, they're, the way they're evolving is you know, they could be different in an hour, <laughs> in, in a 30 minutes, uh, you know, from one challenge to the next. So in order to be able to understand, you know, what's important to them at that time, you have to create a culture and then uh, reinforce that culture with the right technology that allows you to stay connected and engaged and understand and analyze what's going on and then provide the solutions and, and, the, and the interactions uh, that go before those solutions. So that is a huge challenge for, for a lot of companies. Yes. Uh, they're looking for the Hail Mary pass. You know, the kind of the silver bullet approach, there is no silver bullet. And once they kind of, you know, stop looking for the one technology that will rule them all and, and look at how they can, you know, really change the culture and then find things and then collaborate with customers all the way, I think that's, that will get them further along than, you know, the, the, the Lord of the Rings kind of approach. I'm, I'm going to postulate, this is Bonnie, I'm going to postulate here that it, it really comes down to people. And it's that technician who is polite or on time. It's that person who answers the phone, get past all the social. It's still the person behind the response. It's the person on the front line. Let me give you an example, and I'm going to ask Susan to come in and chime in on this. Uh, I went for a service on my car recently, and they have a, cer- a courtesy car. I live about two miles from the dealer, and they offered to drive me home. It was a business day, and I needed a ride. Great. Save me a taxi. Save me walking. God knows, two miles. Bonnie, really? Anyway, the guy in the the courtesy van took me back to my house, and on the way he said, grumble, 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 I'm supposed to be on break now. They're pushing my lunch hour out an hour. I'm really hungry. I'm really mad. Now, what the heck did that do for me? I'm sitting there listening to his complaints. It's not my problem. He made it my problem. What do you think I think about that dealership? So, Susan, do you think it from all these studies, uh, we just talked about respondents said they would recommend a company based on keeping service appointments on time. Doesn't it come down to treating the customer with respect, the front line as Brent said, talk to me, Susan. What has your research found in terms of the people aspect of this whole complex equation? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, I think yes. I mean, there are fundamental truths, you know, that we have to treat people with respect. And I think, you know, what's happened is that there are these limitations, you know, both of organizational culture and of technology that have sort of bound us to ways of doing things that just don't make sense anymore, which is sort of the, you know, the nut of that, of that Drucker quote. Um, 
Yes. So, so to some degree, that has to happen in the real world, and you know, and that that particular guy made, you know, he made a poor choice. And was he thinking about the impact to you and the impact to his brand? No, he was thinking that he was hungry and he hadn't gone on break. That's right. Um, so, so that changes the entire <laughs> dynamic. I think you know what's what's difficult, what's really difficult beyond that is doing this at scale, right? Because you've mm-hmm. got people talking about your brand, you know, twenty four seven. And they're saying things that are completely beside the point. You know, I was walking to school drinking a Coke, or um, this Coke is the best Coke I've ever had in my life, you know, right mm-hmm. after my run or whatever it might be. And the ability to take those conversations in and, and filter out the meaningful from the, from the meaningless is really hard. Now, there is technology to do that, as we all well know. Um, but the, the sort of organizational culture to support listening at scale is still, it's still a ways away. And so I think, you know, we need to, we need to do two things. One is that those technologies need to stop living in the, you know, kind of walled garden of customer service and extend beyond. And the second thing is that we need to start thinking from the customer's perspective into the organization, uh, at least from a data point of, point of view, as opposed to thinking, you know, well, we're in this department and this is what we can do, so we're just going to have to make some hard choices. And I think, you know, when you kind of flip the equation on its head, it starts um, kind of a series of interesting thought experiments, and, and you know, that's kind of the, the genesis of the blog idea, what would happen if we thought about things from the customer's point of view. What would that, how would that change the way that we do business? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan. All great points. And, Jamie, I want to bring you in before our break. We're down to four minutes here. I'm giving you a little longer this time, Jamie Anderson. It's, you're growing on us here. Jamie, you, you brought up a point. We're talking about fast and speed and the consistency. A lot of good information coming from the panel today, and I appreciate it. Jamie, let's talk about the difference between real time and right time and the importance of context. You say contextualizing the customer experience is all about providing engaging experiences that fuse real Real time with right moment. How does this work with Brent's concept of the millisecond economy? Talk to me. Basically, you know, moving in this millisecond with the customers, what's important? There was this this great study, I think, it came out of MIT, um, and it was looking at the technologies, you know, behind things like customer service and, and marketing, and it came up um, with a statistic that said that you know customers are ninety percent more likely to respond to, you know, respond positively to an offer received within the first minute uh, than they are, you know, if that offer comes like an hour later. So more and more, you know, we're, we're engaging. I sometimes like to, you know, refer to my kids as kind of screenagers. They're constantly attached to these devices that they have. It's almost like they're, they're kind of like an appendage of their being. They move around everywhere, right, with these devices. You know, they're engaged in multiple kind of conversations at the one time. They've got a brilliant ability to filter out all the noise that happens around them. And if something isn't contextualised, you know, if it's not right, if it's not the right message at the right time, they switch off. The days are kind of, you know, kind of spamming people incessantly. People have built fantastic filters to just move that stuff out. Now, we've spoken a little bit about the technology. The technology exists today that actually enables you to engage with a customer in real time, whether they're online, whether they're on their mobile device, whether mm-hmm. it's a geolocation thing, to actually drive a meaningful interaction with them. You know, whether it's like making the right offer when they're at the right point in the supermarket. You know, the technology is this to do that. 
which Susan, mm-hmm. you know, it's Susan's point, we're a little, you know, we're a little far back from necessarily implementing it uh, because I'm not sure that the businesses, many businesses, are actually ready for that type of kind of revolution. I think customers are, um, but I mm-hmm. think the business's ability to deliver on it, that's a different thing. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Thank you, Jamie. Glad you're still with us. And you know what? You took me up to the break here. We're at our three-quarter mark. We're going to take a break. I'm going to ask Brent, Susan, and Jamie to get out the the banky or the chamois or the polishing cloth, whatever, the rag in the garage, whatever you use. Get out that old crystal ball. Take a look. I want you to peer deeply in your crystal ball. You own it. I want to know what you see five years from today. What will we be talking about in terms of engaging the customer, that new CR? recipe, And as I alluded to earlier, or as I specifically said, will we still be talking about CRM with a specific emphasis on the M, the management part? I'm very interested in your predictions. We'll be right back with crystal ball predictions from Brent, Susan, and Jamie. Don't even think of touching that up. I predict I'll be here in 57 seconds. I hope you will, too. Brad out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. Break's over. Engaging your customer. New recipe. Recipe for a long, happy marriage. Will we still be talking about CRM? Will anybody even remember what it is? Will the word management be in there? I don't know, but we're going to find out from my three panelists, Brent Leary, Susan Ettlinger, and Jamie Anderson. Crystal ball time. Brent Leary, kick us off. What do you see? Can you go five years out for me, Brent? Ooh, boy. I can try, Bonnie. Okay. <laughs> I think what we're, we're going to see, at least what I hope we're going to see, and kind of what I'm writing on with the book called The Amazon Effect, is companies yes. that are, are going to have to deal with a huge and growing, constantly growing amount of information about customers, about what they think, about what they want, and the companies that are able to take all, and then we're talking not just what they say, but sensor data coming in from, you know, how they do things from their devices. So there's a huge opportunity for a vast amount of information if companies are able to bring it in, analyze it quickly, look at, find insights, find opportunities to help the customer 
and create actions, interactions, and services and products around it. To do that quickly, they're going to have to have their act together, but they're going to have to be able to find and leverage the right technologies to do that and then engage as a human. And, I, and it, sounds, yes. it sounds like it's something easy. They'll engage like a human, but a lot of companies just weren't built for this. They were built before, you know, the big, big, you know, big office and not the small individual. And so I think that is going to be the trick, how they turn it around, leverage all these this technology to, to really find the insights and interact with them, and then interact with them on things like not just their, their devices right now, but devices that are coming up, like iWatches or smartwatches or, you know, goggles and glasses. It's going to be a huge challenge, but it's also going to be a huge opportunity. Brent, do you see this impact, this need for for this new version of what we're calling CRM? And I'm going to ask you that question in a moment. Do you see this impacting right now, today, real time, real moment, as Jamie said, in the moment? Do you see this impacting just the millennials and the Gen Xers? Or does this relate also to how companies relate and their relationship with their older customers, somebody in the baby boomer era, my compatriots, are we talking about in the moment for for the older population? And that's a lot of landscape to cover in terms of techniques and technologies and outreach. So are companies finding this is a conundrum is, gee, we have these people are buying our products and they're in this age group, and then we have this other set, in, and they all need something different. So is this confusing to companies today, Brent? It's confusing to a lot of companies today, but they're going to have to figure out how to understand their customer segments mm-hmm. and then create interaction opportunities for each of these segments. Uh, it, that's going to take work. It's going to take the right people, the right culture, the right technologies. But if they want to be successful, it's something that's just going to have to be done. Okay, and I want to do a plug for your new book. It's called The Amazon Effect, How a New Customer Culture is Create as a long title, is creating crazy new business opportunities and killing companies that won't adapt. That's gonna be a big book cover, Brent. No room for your smiling handsome picture or your avatar, but it's gonna be a great book, so good luck with that. Let's turn to Susan from Altimeter. Susan, what do you see in your crystal ball? Can you look ahead five years for me as well? Uh, sure, and if we're still using the term CRM, I'm going to start becoming a cheesemaker or something like that. <laughs> I'm, not a fan, I'm not a fan of the term, although I think it's brought a lot of goodness um, to business. I, you know, I think that companies now need to make a sort of a fundamental decision about what they want to be like in five years, and it's so hard to look out that, that distance. But I think one of the fundamental challenges I see is that, you know, we have a lot of the companies that we're talking about, the enterprise class, public companies, you know, they're optimized for shareholder value. They're optimized for quarterly dividends. Mm-hmm. And when you think about this idea of, of marketing to and serving different people in different demographics, I even think the idea of demographic is going to go away. Because once we have enough data, you know, whether it's coming from sensors, whether it's coming from social, whether it's coming through, you know, what we think of now as CRM and business intelligence systems, market research, it's going to have to get viewed in some kind of a holistic manner. And using that, we're going to have to better understand what are the expectations of individual customers and how do we best serve them. And I think, you know, if you look at, like, I'm not a Gen Xer, I'm not a millennial, um, but I have a very high expectation for digital service. Uh, mm-hmm. For a company to target me based on my age and the fact that I'm a working parent, you know, 
not necessarily that helpful. In fact, I went and I did that Axiom, you know, um, data thing where you put in your data and it tells you it tells you everything it knows about you, and it thinks that I'm oh. a golfer, which for anybody who knows me is kind of laughable. Um, anyway, long story short, I think the the key here is that there needs to be an investment in ch- not only the changes in technology but the changes in decision making because when we get to yes. a point where we actually have the ability to act on data, and I think it was can't remember if it was Jamie or Brent who made this point, we're going to have to be able to deal with the consequences, meaning more transparency, meaning um, less control, and meaning having a, um, a point of view that the data informs those decisions. And I think that's going to be a lot harder for companies, both from an investment point of view and also from a culture point of view than they really anticipate. And what will we be replacing the term CRM with what? Will we have three new letters that mean something better or different quickly, Susan? I have no idea, to be honest. Okay. I, mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, in a way, I don't care what the, what the name is. Uh, That's a good, that it's, it's a good point. Fundamental, fundamentally serving individuals as opposed to sort of this idea of managing a group of customers. I think we'll have a contest to rename CRM. And Susan, please email me the Axiom information. I'm dying to know who they think I really am. It's winding up with Jamie Anderson from SAP, our traveling man. Three minutes, Jamie. I'm going to give you a minute and a half of my remaining three. What's in the crystal ball? If you can see in the dark there in Australia at mm-hmm. 1.45 in the morning, what do you see, Jamie? Well, I was going to say I'm with Susan. I think if we're still using the term CRM, which, you know, CRM has completely changed from where it started all those years ago when I was kind of building contact centers for banks and things. I mean, you know, it's changed beyond belief already. Uh, if we're still using the term, I think I think it's a kind of sad day. I don't know what the term will be, but I'm going to give you a couple of points of view um, which are kind of sticking with me at the moment. Mm-hmm. As kind of marketers, you know, and as businesses, we think about are we in B2C, are we in B2B, are we in B to B to C? I hear this all the time. I think mm-hmm. fundamentally the big shift is that we need to be in C to B. I think we need to actually understand that the customer sits at the heart of this and actually how we dip in and out of that customer world as a business is, is what's going to determine the next kind of rules of engagement. And engagement plays very strongly. I mean, I think we're going to have a raft of customer engagement solutions. I don't necessarily think that they are all going to be joined up and joined up together. And as for the future of kind of CRM as we know it today, a lot of it is commodity play Salesforce automation. And I would argue that if I was buying a Salesforce automation system in five years' time, I wouldn't want to have an empty database. I would actually want it pre-populated. If I was a business-to-business salesman, there's enough information out there that you could populate for my industry, the key people that I should be speaking to. It's all there. LinkedIn has it. Maybe LinkedIn is going to have some interest in play moving forward. But literally, they want to buy an empty database in five years that's called CRM. Probably not. I'm looking for something more than that. Thank you, Jamie. Great stuff. I appreciate it. I have one minute to close. I have some predictions, too, but mine are easy. They're written down. Next Wednesday here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, we're going to be talking about Equipped to Compete. 
SMEs, small to mid-sized enterprises and technologies. What's going on? We're going to be referencing an Oxford economic study. Great panel coming up and great news. Yesterday we launched another series here in the Game Changers umbrella called HR Trends with Game Changers. So we're on the radio live Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon, as if that isn't confusing enough for me and Brad. September 17th next week we'll be talking about leaders at all levels, empowering leadership throughout your organization. September 24th, leaders showing up, the power of leaders teaching leaders, and we'll be back to our DNI diversity and inclusion topic, business impacts on October 1st. Okay, I have a couple of shout-outs. Thank you, Brent Leary. Wonderful to have you back. You're a radio host of your own, and I appreciate your taking time out to join me. Susan Etlinger, you were amazing. We're getting kudos on your presentation. Everybody loved having you on. I hope you'll come back. And Jamie Anderson, mwah, mwah, mwah. Kiss, kiss to Carl's dad, and all good wishes to you on your travels. Got to settle down one of these days. Shout-outs, Malcolm Kimberlin. As always, you put together a stellar panel. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you to the beautiful Margot Heiligman for tweeting and SAP CRM. We had a lot of tweeters today and SAP Cloud for Social. Brad and the business team and a shout-out to Justin, Jeff, David, everybody. Okay, here's my call to action. Put your seatbelt on. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Have a great week. We'll see you on the radio here on the Business Channel next Tuesday with HR Trends with Game Changers. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.